I thought lambs and loaves would be cute. But I'm open to other episode titles. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call it that. But Peter's supposed to sing now. Oh, yeah. Hail and welcome everybody to Circle Talk, the podcast for seekers, initiates and the curious by four Alexandrian witches with endless different opinions. We are your hosts. I'm Josie. I'm a high priestess and coven leader outside of Melbourne, Australia. Hi, I'm James, a high priest and coven leader from just outside New Orleans, Louisiana. Hi, I'm G, a high priestess and coven leader from just outside Boston, Massachusetts. And hi, I'm Peter, a high priest and coven leader from South Wales. Now, just to start us off, for those of you interested, uh, what I was just singing is a part of a punko. And a punko is kind of a song between somebody on an outside of a door and somebody on the inside of a door. And it is traditional for, we we talked about last, last time or a couple of months ago, I forget, when we talked about it, we spoke about Ivari Lloyd, which is this horse's skull, which is paraded around in order to scare little children, keep people in their houses, and to bring fruitfulness and fruition to whomever she meets. But you have this back and forth singing, and if Ivari Lloyd wins, she gets to come in and have a drink, and if the people win, uh, they don't let her in. Normally it culminates with Mary Lloyd winning, and everybody just having this kind of merry time. So anyway, let's get into today's show. So just before we do, we just want to remind everybody that we are a podcast where we talk about Alexandrian witchcraft and explore different opinions on how the Alexandrian tradition is practiced in various covens and around the globe. We also just want to remind you that while we are all initiates of the Alexandrian tradition, we only speak for ourselves and not for the tradition as a whole which I think by now you guys all know is an impossible thing to do. If this is your first time listening, welcome. This is episode eight. You might want to take a moment just to pause this episode and go back and listen to our introductory episodes, which is episode zero of introductions and episode one definitions, or you can check them out after you enjoy this one. So this is our Sabbath special going to call it lambs and loaves and there was another name being banded around which which escaped me so guys somebody jump in what else are we going to call this podcast edition cheese and beer cheese and beer so welcome everybody to lambs and loaves and cheese and beer obviously there are vegan options available as well we're going to be talking about lunasa or lamas and imbolg today we're going to talk about our practices and our personal practices around this time of the year and also touch upon what our covens do. So just for us to begin, I've already mentioned it, but another name for Lamas is Lunasa, and it is the first harvest, and also during Imbolg, we will generally eat loaves and bread because we like to be fat as witches, because we do a lot of dancing in circle. They are both symbols of the harvest, and so it's the beginning of, for both Sabbaths of bringing in the harvest at roughly the same time. So just an and- overview of what we're going to be talking about. Oh, Gee, I'm, I know I'm speaking really fast, so you no, just jump I'm, in. No, <laughs> I'm so happy, but I it didn't occur to me, but I'm so glad this is your episode, because if I had to try and pronounce... Lunasa? Yes, it would... <laughs> I think this was the proper for you. I'm very glad. I remember my my high priestess laughing at one point, because she said, Peter, whenever you message me, I swear to the gods you put an extra D or an extra H or an extra G just somewhere in the middle. I'm like, no, no, this is how you spell it. It is Irish Gaelic. 
I know that James could probably tell us what what does Lunasa mean really quickly, James? August on the spot. August. Oh, there we go. So welcome to the month of August, everybody. <laughs> so what we're going to be talking about today is just a bit of background information on the cross quarter holiday. So on Lunasa Lamas or you forgot Imbog and Imbog as well, and what we do for these holidays, and also suggestions for beginners and seekers of how they could possibly and celebrate the upcoming Sabbath, whether you're in the North or the South. So, all right, guys and girls and everybody else, high five, get on the boom, which is let's go. So first of all, let's just talk about what a cross-quarter day actually is. Gee, I'm going to come to you. Do you want to explain what a cross-quarter day is? Why, yes, I do. So <laughs> I think it's interesting because solstices and equinoxes get a lot of play. Like we talk about them a lot. And those things are perhaps because they're sort of like on actual calendars, like they're on physical calendars, but cross quarter days and cross quarter holidays actually tend to be some of the more sacred days in our liturgical cycle. And so Mm -hmm. cross quarter days are the midpoint between the equinox and the solstice. And Mm -hmm. so they're about a halfway point, a checkpoint in between the time of equal light and day and the time of either longest day or longest night. And so cross-quarter days are those intersections. Great. It's, it's interesting because this came up maybe a couple of months ago when I was talking to another initiate. And what this initiate said is that because they're cross-quarter days, what this initiate does is he, he takes, the, he takes the, the solstice and the equinox date and he finds the midpoint of that date. And that becomes Imbol, Beltan, Lunasa or, or Samhain. And I was like, yes, I love that because that's actually cross-quarter. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think a lot of us will just celebrate on a specific day. I've counted out that before, but it's a bit of a headache. I think yeah. you can look it up. I think now we have the internet. Like I've definitely looked it up and I think they'll give you the, the astronomical date. That's yeah, I've always had to use an, an online calculator just because mental maths. No, thank you. So yeah, so how do we celebrate a cross-quarter day? When do we celebrate a cross-quarter day? So I kind of just touched upon it. Another way is to kind of default it to the first or 2nd of February, and the 1st or the 2nd of August, quick maths, August for Lunasa or Lamas. Um, But then obviously you've got that technique of taking the solstice and the equinox and having the midpoint between, which means that Lunasa, I think, can sometimes, or even Lamas, fall on maybe like a 3rd or a 5th, which to me just feels a little bit too long. I normally just defaulted to the first or the second. It's interesting, though, because like Beltane and Salen default to the 31st or the first. And Mm. that makes perfect sense. Like, I wouldn't want to go to May 5th for Beltane. That feels very late. But for Imbolc, I feel like February 5th feels a little bit nicer than like I wouldn't do January 31st. To me, that's like that's insane. That's too early. July 31st feels too early to me. Like, I think going on the later end of those two cross quarters feels more natural mm. i think just like touching upon belting as well that i know some come and celebrate belting eve or Samhain eve and then the following day is something else does anybody want to jump jump in on that we we do the eaves of and this originates from cult uh, celtic lore the celts used to calculate the days starting the night before and so the night becomes like the womb from which the day is born and so we do the Eve as the beginning of our holy days. And it's come, it's, that's our lore origin. But again, not everyone does that, and that's why. 
I like that. Okay, so I think let's move on and let's get into the meaty or the, the non-meaty bit of the of the podcast, however we want to phrase it. So let's talk about what in bulk is like culturally or like to us Kevin's. I'm gonna swing back to you again, James. Do you wanna start start this and kick us off? Well, so Imbolc is one of the Celtic fire festivals. Originally, four of our eight Sabbaths come from the Celts. The term Imbolc, Beltana, Lunasa, and Samhain, those all come from uh, Irish or Gelga. But Imbolc is one of the fire festivals. It's when the ewes, or the female sheep, would give birth. It's when Mm -hmm. the sap rises in the trees. It's a traditional time for plowing breastfeeding, candle making, it being a festival of lights, and that's where candle mass, candle mass kind of, yeah. Yeah, originates. The Irish goddess of breed, now St. Bridget, this is her holy day. And depending on how you cut the seasons, so Samhain is the beginning of the Celtic winter, and the beginning of summer is a Beltana. And so if you're using just a two-season cut of the year, in bulk is midwinter. Or if you're doing a four-season, it is spring. Interesting, because for us, for well, even for me, but I think for the for the Kevin I'm in as well, it's the start of spring for us, but it doesn't feel like spring. It is still so cold here in Wales, as I imagine it is in other parts of the world that are in the northern hemisphere obviously Josie is just like sunbathing in the back garden drinking margaritas and I'm just like give me all of the coffee and the hot chocolate that you can and I will bring my big coat because it is still so cold so people say yeah it's spring I'm like no (laughs) it's not I just want a hat tip to that meme that's going around at the moment where it's like you know fake spring the return of winter real winter and and I'm just like yes I relate to this because this is what it is. But that's really interesting. I like that. Oh, no, Does anybody stays. else? This No, no. <laughs> Does anybody else want to want to jump in and, and talk about what in bulk? Or I think we're going to we're going to come back to to Josie. We're going to leave Josie to last because it's three of us. It's three against one. <laughs> Does anybody else want to jump in? Josie, uh, not Josie, G, what do you think? What is like involved to you culturally? And you, you're you not allowed to say, James stole all my points. You're not allowed to say that. Because no, I, I, I did that last I time. I wouldn't dare. <laughs> I think there's some stuff I want to say for like when we talk about what we do for the holiday. But I would say cool. like when you're like, oh, February is midwinter. As I sit here wrapped in my blanket that our listeners cannot see, but I'm like, can confirm mummified in a fleece at the moment i'm like yes midwinter correct it is spring incorrect it is not it is not yet spring Um, it just depends on the calendar you're using because when you look at the eightfold year midwinter's yule because we go off Mm -hmm. a four season split instead of a two yeah, that's definitely feels the beginning of winter to me. I think it's just, it's also your, it's like your latitude, right? Like it's, I forget all the time because I have zero sense of geography whatsoever. And I often think like I'm on the same latitude as, as you, Peter, but I am in fact farther north than you, which is something that surprises me a lot. But so I'm, I'm cold and I'm just, it take, it takes a lot of training and nuance, I think, to see the beginnings of spring in this holiday. Cause right now it's just fucking cold. This is my deep thoughts. I'm cold. <laughs> <laughs> so just to kind of put a, a wealth spin on 
involved because you know I love to and I know that James mentioned the connection with Candlemas as well about how the Christians stole the holiday I'm not going to be that Wiccan don't worry but in in Wales we also celebrate a festival called Dagwil Vair a Canhwllai which literally means the feast day of Mary of the candles because obviously you've got you've got that like really traditional these these are air quotes for people who can't hear them traditional Christianity in Wales and I know that James again mentioned one of the goddesses that you can you can work with or or, or celebrate or venerate is is Breed or, or Bridget but in Wales she's called Fried double F-R-A-I-D for those of you who want the spelling really similar associations as Bridget was Breed but yeah listeners you can go off and research those gods if you want to so let's move on Josie what is what is Lamas culturally or what is Lunasa culturally? Uh, sorry, I couldn't I couldn't hear you over this delicious ice drink that I'm drinking in this my uh, dress. Of course. Um, I'm just thinking about <laughs> going to the beach later. Uh, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Watch out for the alligators. <laughs> Crocodiles. Way. Crocodiles. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm the one seekers, with the gators. Seekers. I don't know why. <laughs> James has seekers. gators. We have crocodiles, but they're a long yes. way away. <laughs> we had a conversation earlier about crocodiles and alligators, and to a little Welsh man, they are the same thing. They're long. They got lots of teeth, and they will eat you. I feel similarly. Don't don't <laughs> worry, because it is not. This is not a New England problem. We don't. We have neither. No no large bitey reptiles have made their way up to the frigid north. Uh, we do have American crocodiles, by the way, Josie. They are just only in, big surprise, South Florida. <laughs> oh, you're both, James. Yes. No, the crocodiles are a long way away from me. I'm, so I'm down in the southeast corner of Australia, which is a little bit tamer, both weather-wise and wildlife-wise. And so no, I don't have crocodiles nearby. Could they, could they not, like, walk up or walk down or walk across? <laughs> No, it's a very big place, Peter. <laughs> um, we all know that anything after half an hour for me is just too much. <laughs> so the nearest crocodiles are probably like a four-hour drive away. They could they could do that. I'm telling you, they could do that. <laughs> Thanks. I didn't need to sleep ever again. That's fine. <laughs> no, so where uh, obviously, at the side of the coin, again, here in Australia and the Southern Hemisphere. So we're at Lamas or, or Lunasa. I learned to pronounce Lunasa just as an aside from the Dave the Bard song. <laughs> I Do find it, that, that really helped. So uh, <laughs> listen to the listen to the Dave the Bard song if, you, if you're having trouble pronouncing that. So traditionally, culturally, on paper, this is a holiday of summer's end. Uh, it's the first of three harvest festivals and it's about sort of starting to bring things in to take stock and to get ready for sort of summer beginning to fade away. Uh, in reality, this is the, I think, sixth day of temperatures in the high 30s Celsius and it's really bloody hot here. There's no sign. A bit like how G said, there's no sign of the end of winter. There's there's no sign of the end of summer here right now. I did want to share with you, though. So Australia, obviously, is a colonised place of lots and lots of different cultural lands and different traditional 
nations. And here where I am in Victoria, I'm on Jar Jar country. The Jar Jar have six seasons that they acknowledge. And I've been reading about them a little bit in preparation for this podcast, and they really make a lot of sense um, for the land that I'm on. So early winter, deep winter, pre-spring, true spring, high summer and late summer. And I was thinking about that whole idea of late summer. I think rather than saying this is the end of summer, I think we really are into late summer here because we, we're going to have another few months of, of quite hot, quite dry weather. We, we can't really expect a lot of rain until kind of April. But when yeah. when do you drink pumpkin spice lattes? <laughs> you had to tell me what was in pumpkin spice lattes. I had to ask because I didn't know. I just sealed the memes and feel really left out. Plot twist, <laughs> it's not pumpkin. It's not pumpkin. It doesn't taste like pumpkin, guys. I spent ages being like, why would you drink pumpkin-flavoured coffee? It's not. It's the spices Some... that go on the pumpkin. Somebody once said, I forget who it was. It was an initiate that said you can buy like sachets of pumpkin spice and that in that little bag, I don't know why they call them tea bags because it's not a bag, is it? Anyway, in those little tea bags of pumpkin spice, spice, you have all the workings of, I think it was like a love, maybe a love spell or maybe some sort of spell or maybe a happiness spell. But I was like, yeah. I suppose that kind of makes sense. If you want to carry a cinnamon smelling tea bag around in your purse or in your pocket or in your in your fanny pack for the Americans, then yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, that's fine. Do You're you wear fanny packs? I, well, in the UK they call bum bags, but I thought that the Americans called them fanny packs. I know oh, what oh, they oh, are, but I don't know when the last time I saw American one was. Betty means something very different um, in Australia and in Wales. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. That's why they, I'm like... What are they in Australia? Bum bags? Bum bags. Yeah, bum bags. They're called bum bags for us as well. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, you, you carry your little sachet of herbs and spices, whatever you want to carry it, and you put it in your shoe. Like, we, <laughs> we don't mind. Here at Circle Talk, we don't care where you stuff your herbs. <laughs> Anyway, let's let's move on because this yes. is going this is going south or maybe it's north to you, Josie. I forget which one. It's going south really quickly. So, guys, what do we what do we do for the holidays? Gee, I'm going to come to you because you're still laughing. <laughs> Thank you. So we celebrate the purification part, or we focus on the purification part of in bulk, and so we light fires and we burn anything that we want to get rid of in the coming year. Anything that if you think about, we just, we're just coming out of, we're still slogging through perhaps the dark time of the year in our coven, in my family, we don't do initiations between Samhain and ideally in bulk. If you were for some reason, we're in an emergency after you will then fine. It doesn't mean that people who are initiated in that time are doing it wrong. That's fine. This is just like a subculture thing for us. We don't, we don't like to until after in bulk. So we're coming out of that dark time of the year and all that introspection that we've been doing has hopefully come up with some stuff that we really want to leave behind. And as we head into spring, what are the new things that we want? So we burn those things on slips of paper or like flash paper. So it makes a very good, it makes a good time for ritual. And I also burn, if I remember to save the last bits of green. Yes. Josie has her hand raised. What's flash paper? Okay. So flash paper Ooh. is 
a special kind of compound. I'm going to have to like Google um, what it's made of, but when you light it on fire, it just like immediately goes like, and it Mm. just, it's really nice because you don't have to really worry about it burning your fingertips or anything like that. It just goes up magician slash paper, nitrocellulose. I didn't know that nitrocellulose paper. So it just like goes up very quickly. You could almost like toss it up in the air as it catches fire. And so it just like disappears kind of, it's like a very nice visual and it feels a little bit safer. Like, you know, we try to set up a controlled environment because playing with fire indoors. Yeah. So- witch club. Don't burn the witch. Don't burn the witch. We try. We try not to. We don't our just priestess, talk about witchcraft. We also talk about science. Yes. Our priestess, right before COVID, priestess 2019 at our Embolg ritual, she, she, we almost had a big fire. Like things went very, very awry. It was like spitting. Some bad planning was involved. And I think we had put like rock salt and then some, the rock salt got too hot from like the metal can that we were having the burning things in. And then they started popping and flying all over the temple. It was very exciting. And then COVID happened. I'm not going to say we made it happen by (laughs) angering the gods, but we fucked that ritual up. So, I mean, it was effective. It's just, you know, people almost lost eyeballs. So anyway- so what you're saying is a caveat, please, anybody who's listening, go out now, get a little fire blanket or a little like <laughs> wall mountable extinguisher, just you. in case we do. As, you not have an extinguisher in your temple? Uh, I, well, not, no, oh, not I do. at the moment. Oh, not at the moment. I mean, we should, because just as a, as a quick aside, because um, it's, it's quite a funny story. One of the first times I did ritual with my HPS um, or with the coven, actually. I was really, really eager to, to help out. So I take the, the charcoal disc. I take the charcoal disc and I put it in the bin, plastic bin, right? I thought, yes, yeah, fine, it's gone out. And all of a sudden the HPS is like, what's that smell? Can anybody smell burning cat here? And I'm like, oh, no, no. So we go over to the bin and what I thought was, was a, an extinguished charcoal block was still lit. and it was burning the the cat here and I was like oh I could have caused a, a fire oh no but um yeah so always remember to extinguish anything which is which is already on fire or that could be on fire as well here at circle talk safety is the utmost important yeah. thing in circle fire yet safety. another reason yet another reason to be sky clad because then your ropes don't catch on fire true. true it's much too dangerous to jump over the fire with your clothes on to quote the wicker man. So yeah, fire safety is important. Find yourself a coven with a safety officer. I am both high priestess and safety officer of every group that I go to. And we absolutely have a fire extinguisher in my temple. And then you have like, we have special rules for like checking that the candles are out. Like when last person in temple has to turn off all the lights and just stare around to make sure that there's no, like you can't see any light anywhere that the candles have been extinguished. So, well, so somebody in my family did set the temple on fire once that's, that's where that comes from. So we've learned. Okay. Anyway, so purification, we use fire as purification. I also, if I remember, save the last bit of green from my like Yule winter solstice tree, whatever. And I burn that at in bulk to signal like okay i'm ready for spring now please you see my yuletide tree is is a plastic one so i can't imagine just cutting off little little bits of it and then just sacrificing it to the to the flames that smell would be much less pleasant it would Um, (laughs) but you know up here because uh we're i'm definitively in four season territory so like this is really like where hope 
steps in for me. Like you do start to notice finally, it's not dark at four 30 at night anymore, or five o'clock at night. Like it's still, we're starting to see get a little bit more light. There are birds that are sort of like starting to return. You get maybe some warm days, maybe not. It depends how lucky you are, but it's very subtle to see spring in the belly of winter at this time of year. It's there. And so I think the nice thing about being Wiccan is it encourages me to look and be very tuned into those things. But that's that's how we sort of deal with this cold, cold holiday. Nice. I I would like to say that I'm in the four seasons, but in Wales there's one long season and 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 the rain changes temperature. Now you guys can't see this as you're listening, but nearly everybody is like just smiling and laughing because I say this all the time. We just get colder rain during December and January and February. And then the rain starts to warm up a little bit. Anyway, enough about Welsh rain. What else do we do for the holidays, guys? James, what do you do for Imbolg? Uh, so coven-wise this year, it's going to be small. Smaller than normal. It's just going to be the wife and I because COVID ran through the house. And we're still dealing with a bit of the residual from that. Uh. So we're just going to do the traditional writ again because that's kind of the focus for the year. Reconsecrate the altar again, because we're doing that all year. Um, nice. And then the, the wife is a, she's a flame keeper in Ord Breedock. And so uh, this being St. Bridget's holiday, this is a big deal for her. Uh, but beyond that, there's a kind of a little family ritual routine that we've done every year. It originates with the Church of Yannon, which is the contemporary pagan church I kind of grew up associated with. And essentially what you'll do is we'll start by singing to the directions. So it's not a traditional quarter call. You sing to them. You take a piece of thistle, fresh if you can find it. I generally can in this part of the south. And you freeze it in a big chunk of ice. And we're going to break the ice open to break the hold and grasp of winter. Um, the kids really love it because they get to pick up big chunks of ice and slam them against the concrete and they nice. make a big game of it. After which we all drink some goat's milk because that's the closest we can find the used milk and it's readily available. Um, and then there's kind of like a, I don't know, a traditional side dish that we make that involves leeks and bacon and goat cheese and onions all sauteed together. It's pretty amazing. Sounds, um, sounds delicious. And then because of the part of Louisiana we're in, it's just getting warm enough after our very, 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 very short, like three-week-long winter around Inbox when we plow the ground. And then I'm going to start seeds in the greenhouse for our summer garden. And that's kind of what we're we're going to be doing. Not a, not a whole lot, but again, that's partially due to the Rona. Right. I love that breaking of the ice peaks. It's almost as if you're kind of letting spring out and you're, you're kind of, you're, you're getting rid of, and you're thawing out those, yes. those last bits of winter and you're kind of freeing up spring going here, here it is. We're ready right. for you now. Yes. And then, then the, the thistle is milk thistle. And so thistle is sacred to breed, but also milk thistle because it's this time of year when the ewes are nursing their young and when the sap is rising in the trees and breastfeeding and so on and so forth. And so milk thistle specifically, all that kind of ties in. That's really interesting. If you have new people ever come along, I hear an icebreaker is a great way to like get them involved. Ah, that is that. I like that. Good. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, it is. It, I, I know that parts of my upline traditionally do initiations around in bulk. Nice. So it's interesting that you're talking about getting seeds started, James, here on the other side of the world where we're coming out of summer. Culturally, this is a time that you kind of acknowledge things stop growing or start to slow down. Not always the case in Australia and not all of these cultural things translate super well to the Australian landscape. But in this case, it does just in a slightly different way because the summer's so long and we're coming into that very dry period, we're actually coming into a bit of a dead period for us. So things in the garden are starting to slow down. Generally, corn is ready around now. So we plant our corn in Victoria around about the Melbourne Cup day, so uh, early November, which means it's about ready now. We've got tomatoes on the go. They're just about to finish up and things like that. So things really do slow down. It's just too dry to have a February garden here. So that same kind of motif carries across, just not so much, not like wood in the Northern Hemisphere. In terms of ritual stuff, we eat a lot of bread. We do a lot of cooking and baking generally. Sometimes we've been known to make a John Barleycorn, which is like a, a man-shaped bit of bread, and then we eat him, <laughs> which is really fun. Does your John the Barleycorn also have a huge phallus? My upline always give him a large phallus. I, I was going to ask the same question, I... but I wasn't going to use the word phallus. We, we, we can get rude. Question? This is the only question you have about my practices, I see. Well, but we all also make John Barleycorns, I think, <laughs> at Lama, so it all makes perfect sense to us that you would bake a right. sacrificial man and eat him. Like, yeah, of course, that's just good practice. And, and yeah, then does he have a big wang? <laughs> I am on board. Just mark it as E. We always. I'm all about a bread holiday. Yeah, my friend Ryan uh, tends to just name things by one thing. So there's the bread one, the 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 cold one, the skull one. This this is the bread one for us. So yeah, I said before it's the first of three harvest festivals, and this one's usually focused on uh, grains and and the wheat harvest and things like that. By extension, things like beer and whiskey and and all things like that as well kind of come into it too great can we uh, can we actually just put a motion forward to officially change the sabbath names to the bread one the cold one the skull one because i i think everybody like that would work a lot easier than remembering all of these they're less names less controversial than than maben and easier to pronounce but we have to change them all to to galga what difference so, does it make how you pronounce it? It's not a real thing. <laughs> well, well, Mabon is a uh, is 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 actually a god oh, from, yeah, uh, from from the Mabonagi. Right, right, right. Save it Schooled. up for the next Sabbath special. <laughs> sorry, Which sorry, is why sorry. I like the mispronunciation much better because then we're not actually tying it to any messed up lore. Yeah, we'll we'll save all of this discussion until until we come to that festival, where I'm sure we'll be speaking about more phalluses. And dead people, not dead people in 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 so far as dead people, but like you know ancestors and deities. And Welcome anyway. to Circle Talk, Dicks and the Dead episode. That is the name. That is the name. <laughs> I think we have to wait two more sabbats for that one. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. We'll put a note somewhere. Make put a, a definite put a definite pin in it. So, Lamas for me. Not why am I saying Lamas? I don't even. Well, I'm not celebrating Lamas. I'm celebrating Imbolg. Involg for me 
is all about renewal and planting seeds and moving forward and what do I want to see come into fruition for the for the next couple of months for for spring I just want to circle back to what you said earlier G about not necessarily always having initiations on inbox so what I'm hearing is that if anybody's got initiated inbox they need to be reinitiated. No, because you know, like people got really (laughs) mad that one time that I said in one of the groups that I was like, oh, our family doesn't do initiations. And people were like, well, my initiation took, I'm like, I'm sure it did. I'm not, I am not here to say that anybody's initiation was done improperly. I think if you want to get initiated in November, like that's fantastic. So don't throw me under the bus because- I don't but that's what I'm hearing you say. No. That's what I'm hearing you say. You are hearing improperly. <laughs> I can't remember a time where we've done initiations at Inbolg, but I wouldn't have any problem with doing an, initi- an initiation at Inbolg just because for me, this the symbolism of, of growing life, planting a seed, that initiation is part of a death and rebirth, I suppose, in, in a way. But yeah, for for me, it's all about what do I want to sow right now? What do I want for the next couple of months? What do I want to bring into fruition into spring? And that's that's really, in a in a nutshell, in a in a flower bud for me because I'm thinking of the snowdrops. Okay, so what do we think about sharing some information to uh, beginners or or seekers or new listeners about how they can either celebrate Imbolg or uh, Lunasa? Now. It was my birthday last night and Happy I... Happy birthday, Pembroke Pappas. I had a really nice time, but I had a cider before bed. Oh. And, and then I filled this, um, our notes in, while like semi-drunk on cider. So my only <laughs> notes here say, bake stuff, eat stuff, help people, make stuff. And I think, I think cider, Josie, is onto something there. This is, for me, Lammas is a it's an acknowledgement of things that humans can do and and baking stuff's a big thing here if you can involve grains in some way if that's not going to make you really sick (laughs) or or a gluten-free version eat stuff eat stuff that you have made helping people is and this kind of carries on into the next two sabbaths for me these harvest festivals are about humans working together to survive the coming very, very cold winter. And, and I consider that one of the themes of these Sabbaths. And I'm all about people helping people anyway, but that's definitely part of it. Um, and creation, human creation. I've been to more like neo-pagan Lunasa rituals that have been about the arts and creativity and sharing your art or your talents is often a, a common theme. So they're probably my suggestions. Great. I think one of my suggestions is at the moment, it's it's nice. It's still quite cold. It's nice to get out in that in that like cold, fresh, crisp air because you can feel you can feel that spring is coming. So one of my suggestions would just be get outside if you're in like the northern hemisphere and where you're where you're at is cold or still cold, but you can, you can just feel the promise of spring. Get out there and feel that change whether you have a park that you like to go to or maybe you live in a city and you can only walk the streets, whatever it is, just get out and feel that change, feel that change in the air, but also feel that change in yourself as well. So I like to 
do a lot of thinking and looking at the, the lore of the other Sabbaths when you're looking at your current one. And so, back at winter solstice, the, the sun was born. And it's kind of like that inner spark of your spiritual self being born. And when you're thinking about your own spiritual life, it needs nurturing. And you have to care for it throughout the year. Um, for it to grow. If you neglect the the mythic or spiritual side of your life, it won't really be there. It's that whole idea of, you know, the sun was born as opposed to a giant ball of gas. And so it invokes a lot of that for me. It's the the nurturing, the the small flame of the spiritual self, the the newborn sun is the babe, and self care. Whatever that may be. It's cold out, make a big bowl of stew or soup or chili or whatever warms your bones wrap up in a blanket and enjoy it and take care of yourself physically but also reflect a bit on the spiritual part so it is early for spring cleaning but we do like early spring cleaning again coming into like that purification theme this is a time i would recommend people go around their house and if there's any yule slash winter solstice slash christmas decorations that you still have up now is the time to take them down like i still have all my y'all call them fairy lights right like all my string lights up because i like them and they make me happy but they're gonna have to come down in the next week and a half because i need to have all my holiday decorations gone before in bulk or else I feel like maybe spring won't come if I linger too long in, in Christmas territory. So to me, like that's something I learned from my high priestess and that I recommend to people like take the opportunity. Now, anything that you may have left out uh, time to put away. And then also it's a good opportunity to think about some spring cleaning and not spring cleaning, but purify the house. Like what kind of like gross salt sand combos have you been bringing in from outdoors where they're like de-icing the streets you know, it's a good way to stay warm is to move around your house scrubbing. So I think that's another good way to sort of like get ready for a change that should be coming soon, hopefully. Great. Thank you, everybody. So just before we wrap up, does anybody else or does anybody want to add anything else before we start? I want to go back to like our cheese and beer because I'm wondering, like, do you guys also have beer cheese? Beer cheese? Yeah, you what is beer cheese? It is an amazing cheddar so good. where uh, beer is added in after the cheddaring process and before the curds have settled and uh, solidified. So it's it's cheddar with just a hint of a beer flavor. But you can also just make like a beer cheese dip, like where you melt cheese and, and add beer in. And then it's it's very nice. And you eat it That's- during during football, like usually for Super Super Bowl. It's a Super Bowl food, I think, maybe for me. Even better also if an you in-bulk. made it yourself. Yes. So, okay. Well, I'm just putting that out there because that is a perfect marriage of in bulk and llamas is beer cheese. Peter and I, I are def- just sitting here blank-faced. <laughs> only, yeah, yeah. only in the U.S. Got- can we come up with beer cheese, I guess. I'm just sat here like, I've got beer in one hand, I've got cheese in the other. How do they, but yeah, I'm definitely going to be looking at recipes and yeah, I'm going to be looking into beer cheese because I love beer and I, well, maybe cider more, but I also love cheese. If, if you don't make it yourself, there's an excellent YouTuber called The Cheese Man. He's from Australia and I, I, I binge watched hundreds of his episodes so that I could learn to make cheese. It's, it's where I learned cheese making. Oh yeah, so I'm, now, 
Josie and I have uh, have no excuse, Josie, because if he is also where you're at, and I love this idea, maybe maybe next recording we could uh, we could talk about our experiments in beer cheese. Definitely, I said in the U.S., but I'm almost positive this is a thing that came out of Germany. Actually, probably we can't take full credit. But yeah, highly recommend. And like I said, like I do the, I cheat. Like I'm not making my own cheese. Like you guys know me. I'm not super into like crafting anything, but I just melt cheese and put beer and like flour and stuff. It's good. It's easy. I'll try it, but I'm suspicious. You have to get pretzels, like pretzels and bread and like. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So I think that just about brings everything to an end for this episode. So just really quickly, today we've talked about background information on uh, the cross-quarter holidays, what the cross-quarter holidays are, a little bit of information about where they came from. We've spoken about Lamas or Lunasa and Imbolg, what all four of us do for these festivals. And also we just finished off with any suggestions for beginners or seekers or anybody else listening. Before we, we leave, we just want to leave you with a closing thought. Things still have yet to grow. During Imbolg and Lamas, we have the promise of fruition and growth and change. Think on what you hope to grow over the next couple of months and what you hope to harvest as well. As a reminder, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook as Circle Talk for Witches. That's the number four. And Twitter as Circle for Witches. Or you can email us at circletalk which is at gmail.com. And again, that's the number four. If you've got any questions or queries or thoughts or ideas uh, for future discussions, please do get in touch. We don't want to hear any criticism. If you don't like what you what you listen to, you can turn us off now. But we would also still love to hear from you. So from all of us at Circle Talk, Merry Meet, Merry Part, and Merry Meet Again. <laughs>